with me, Coach D. And as always, I am so glad you're here. I thought today I would just really give a recap of She Coaches. It was so great to be together in a room full of women who are coaching, who are leading, who really are devoted to the calling of coaching. Um, you know, this is the fifth year actually that we've had the She Coaches Conference. And the She Coaches Conference, it's for women leaders in sports. I call it a, a head, heart, and hands conference because I'm so over X's and O's conferences. The truth of the matter is, is so many coaches, we go into coaching because we know the sport. We know the sport. I mean, we played it, we lived it, we loved it. So, As a coach myself, yes, there's always like new tricks and techniques and strategies that I can learn, but you know what's the hard part of coaching? (laughs) The leading well, the connecting with others, the servanthood of coaching. That's hard. The motivating athletes to seek their potential, to reach for the stars, to do their best, that is like the magic of coaching. When someone can do that well, they're like a magician. That's the magic. And that's why I think she coaches. That's why I started it. That's why I think it's so important because you're surrounded by other women who believe in the calling of coaching, who believe that their job, that their role as a coach is to make an impact. It goes beyond the X's and O's. It goes beyond the winning and the losing and the records, it goes beyond the finish line. Our impact as coaches is lifelong. And that's why I love She Coaches, just to be together with other coaches, with other leaders, with other women who are dedicated and devoted to that calling. And first, I just want to share that even if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm not you know, I'm not the stereotypical coach in khakis and polos and on the sidelines. You know, maybe I, um, I'm i just the parent of an athlete right now. Maybe I'm the athlete myself. And what I have found is that good coaches, it's just great leadership. It's advice that it trickles into all the other faucets of our life. And I think whoever's listening to this right now, you have an orbit. You have a circle of people that look to you, that are influenced because of you. And so I hope that you stay tuned because this advice applies to us all. You know, when I was still a peewee little high schooler uh, trying to run track and chase my dreams and all the things, I one of the things my coach would always tell me is he'd say, Erica, you're a coach on the field. You know, and I was like, yeah even though I didn't really know <laughs> why that was such a compliment, right? But becoming a coach myself, I realized the the importance of having athletes who take ownership of those qualities of a coach, 
who can connect with their peers and inspire their athletes who are smart enough to know the sport, smart enough to make adjustments and adaptations, you know, because your coach isn't always next to you. Your coach isn't the one that's going to be the one playing for you. No matter who we are and what stage of life we're in, whether where we're at in our athletic journey, our coaching journey, I selected this advice because it applies to all of us. And quite frankly, (laughs) they're the things that I want to, you know, paste on my mirror or stick on my phone as a constant reminder of the importance of coaching and why I do it. You know, my dad would, as you, if you know my story, you know that um, I'm the coach's daughter. Yep, I am the coach's daughter proudly, always been proud to be the coach's daughter. But, you know, my dad was the kind of parent who he parented like a coach. Now, he wasn't the, thankfully, he wasn't like the demeaning coach where you were afraid to make mistakes, where you had to walk on eggshells, where you had to be perfect, where he, you know, yelled a lot. He, that was not my dad. My dad was just kind of like a consummate teacher. He was always helping us to problem solve. You know, he'd lay out all of the scenarios. He'd walk us through them. Um, he would help us by finding, you know, the slightest adjustments that need to be made, whether it was like in your study habits or in your sleep habits or, you know, fixing the way you held the bowling ball. I mean, it was like everything that we would do, there was always some kind of teaching, some kind of correction just to be better not because we were wrong but just so that he was always helping us to be better and then at the end of the day with anything after his you know long you know sometimes I'd be like dad just give me the answer I just want to know what the capital of you know New Mexico is but it always came with a story it always came with you know some kind of moral to it and really at the end of the day all of the problem solving he brought us through, dad always made the decision come down to us. We always felt like my brother and I, like we were the owners of what we chose to do. And that was my dad. That was how he parented and that was how he coached. And I always just kind of thought that, well, that's just dad. That's just who he is. But when coaching and when education, it, it became my own vocation, when it became, you know, what I studied to be, I realized, huh, it's not, it, yes, it's a little bit of who my dad was, but really my dad was very smart. He saw the science and the pedagogy in coaching, the psychology in coaching, and he practiced it. He studied it and he practiced it. And that's why he was, you know, that's why I was so proud to be the coach's daughter because I enjoyed his presence and, you know, he was more than a coach to me, right? But he was a great coach and he was a great leader. And the best advice was really just watching him do his job. And I know we're not all fortunate to have parents like that. And unfortunately, we have too few coaches like that. But I have a feeling if you are tuning in to this podcast, you are somebody who believes in the calling and believes in the influence and the impact that you have. So, all right, let's get to it. Let's get to the list of the best coaching 
advice that came from She Coaches 2022. So the best coaching advice, number one, is your job is to support. Now this advice came from author, speaker, high school, cross country track coach, and um, a former guest on our podcast. We She was on our last episode, Rachel Style. She's an eating disorder recovery advocate and she speaks on that. And her story is really powerful as you heard in the last episode, but she told us uh, this room full of coaches that our role as the coach is to support. We are not in charge of fixing everything. We do not have to be the experts in everything. Our expertise is in the coach or is in the sport that we coach. And then our role is to support our athletes. So she said it was so powerful that when she was going through her eating disorder struggles that her coach said, I'm here for you. I will help you find the right people and I will do whatever you need me to do. So he didn't shame her. He didn't try to fix her. He didn't tell her what she should and shouldn't do it. He just really stood, stood there for her and just said, I'm here to support you. So that was a really powerful advice is to kind of like know our role and our role as a coach, it's not to be everything, even though sometimes it feels like that, but our role as coach is just to be the supporter. Our job is to support and let the experts be the experts. Coaching advice number two is to speak their potential. This was from athletic director Mary Schultz. She is the athletic director upon many other hats as she works in a smaller school district in Wood, Woodbury Community School District. But she said it's so important to remind kids of their potential she, because they don't know it. They really, they really don't know. So she said my favorite thing to say is, do you know how much potential you have? You know, what a life-giving statement that is, especially if you're in this position of leadership to see something in your athletes that they don't see in themselves. Do you know how much potential they have? Advice number three is a powerful one. You learn significance through service. Uh, This was from Lindsay Long. Lindsay actually will be a guest on our podcast here soon. She works at Iowa State University Um, So at the college level, and her position is really cool because she works with, uh, her main role is working with the current student athlete and also working with alumni. So she has that kind of that bridge between the current student athlete journey and then where they go beyond that. And so she has said that athletes really need to find their sense of community because so often we are tunnel vision, we're channeled into just, you know, our goals and, and our identity and everything is wrapped around what we're trying to achieve on our playing fields. And she has found that one of the greatest ways for athletes to feel a sense of purpose, a sense of connection, is really through service. So getting involved in the community, how can they give back? What can they do to serve? And I just thought the way she said that was so powerful that we learn significance through service. What a great reminder for us as coaches that (laughs) 
we need to remember beyond the X's and O's that we are building young people and young people that will need to find a place in the community when they leave us. And so how can we provide opportunities for service within our programs? On to number four. This one was a great reminder for me, right? Um, on your worst day, you are still making a difference. This was from Madison Melchert, and she is a young athletic director now working with the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union. So wearing a lot of different hats herself, um, but such a great reminder that not every day is going to be perfect, but we are called to lead, called to serve, and that we get to restart tomorrow. So on our, on our worst day, we are still making a difference. When you work with young people, don't forget that. On your worst day, you are still making a difference. Coaching advice number five. Now, I'm not going to say this as, you know, I'm not going to sound as cool as when Tanya Mo said this. She is the athletic director at Lindmar Community Schools. And so it's a bigger, uh, it's a bigger um, school district in the state of Iowa. And uh, she's full of fire. And she said her best advice is to embrace the suck. <laughs> Don't you love that? Embrace the suck. Now, I told you I wouldn't sound as cool when I said that, but it's just not easy. It's, we try so hard to be perfect. We try so hard to clear the hurdles or avoid them or to avoid adversity altogether, but that's not what makes us better. That's not what makes us stronger. And so as coaches, as athletes, and just in life in general to embrace the suck, there are parts of it that are going to suck. There are parts that are going to be hard. We have to stop trying to resist it and just embrace it. Embrace the opportunity to learn and to grow. Coaching advice number six is to share your fire with others. Uh, this is from my good friend, Erin Kirtley, who she has done it all. <laughs> she has done it all. And she's been an athletic trainer at university, at high school level. She's been an athletic director and now she too works at the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union, kind of overseeing all of the sports and um, that go on here for female athletes in the state of Iowa. But she said, share your fire with others. So it's one thing to keep it to yourself, right? But then you don't, you're, if you hold on to your own passion, to your own knowledge, what does that do? It just isolates you and it doesn't help your community grow. And so she said, our passion fuels us, but you know, sometimes we run on empty. And so it's important that there's other people in our lives that are like sharing their fire with us and then that we can do the same for them. So like when they're a little bit down, when they're, you know, had a rough season or a rough game, that we can share our fire, that we can, you know, help light the match essentially. And I just love that reminder that what lights us up, what gets us going with others and that we just burn brighter together. So again, being a coach is a calling and we do it because we love it and so it's important to share that with others because it is contagious when you when you're around somebody who just has a passion for something it just it lights you up and i just love that reminder from aaron that we should just share it we can't hold it and keep it but it burns brighter when we let it open and we share it with others and lastly my best coaching advice that i've ever received and it was actually not at she coaches but um, I always feel like She Coaches is kind of an extension of 
the legacy my dad left me, you know, the importance of the impact that coaching can have in our ripple, like the, the ripples that it gives in our little, in our own little pond that it extends. And I remember on my very first day, it's like a real life grown up, my very first day of teaching um, and of just being in my new school district. And my dad sent me an email and you know, they're not his words, but we've heard these before, but he said, no one cares how much you know unless they know how much you care. And I think about that often now, you know, on on all of it. It's, <laughs> it's, I think of him, but I think of like the jobs that I'm trying to do and the coach that I wanna be. And I found, I have found that true. No one cares what you've achieved. No one cares how smart you are. No one cares how much you know unless they know you care about them. Relationships are the cornerstone of coaching. They are the cornerstone and the foundation of success. And I hold that very close to my heart, thinking about um, who my dad was and the coach that he was. And most importantly, the coach that I wanna be and the coaches I want my kids to have, I want them to care. I want them to care more about who they are as people, who they are becoming, than just what they can put on a stat sheet. And so no one cares how much you know, unless they know how much you care. So see it, she coaches, you get everything. You get the inspiration, you get the motivation, you get the teaching to be all that you can be, all that you're called to be. And I'll just recap that real quickly for you. The seven pieces of coaching advice. Number one, your job is to support. Number two, speak their potential. Number three, you learn significance through service. Number four, on your worst day, you are still making a difference. Number five, embrace the suck. Number six, share your fire with others. And lastly, number seven is no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. What she coaches reminded me is that there are experts among us and all around us. There are others with lived experiences that we can glean from, that we can learn from, and that we can connect with. And coaching should not be a solitary job. It should not be something we do just the way that someone did it for us. There is so much we can learn and so much that we can be proud of and make an impact in and, and you know give the kids that we coach a different experience, a better experience than the one that we had. So just a reminder, not don't go it alone. <laughs> don't go it alone. Don't just do it how you were taught. Ask for help, ask for support, and then whatever your orbit, whatever your circle, be the coach. Be the coach on the infield. Be the one that connects, that leads, and that cares. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Standing O Podcast with Coach D. If you'd like to get involved with our She Coaches community, give us a follow on the socials linked in our description. Anyone can have an impact on others with these great takeaways from this episode. 
And if you would be so kind, please rate and review this episode. Share with a teammate or a coach and tell me on any of the socials what your favorite takeaway was. And as always, this is Coach D and I'm cheering you on. Oh, 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 oh